Sup, people? I am Justin. I'm Josh. And did you know that Bruce Buffer, the UFC announcer, is a grandson of flyweight boxing champion Johnny Buff? And Bruce actually experimented with boxing, entered a black belt in Tang Soo Do. Well, that's fun to say, and he's got an awesome last name. This is the Do Life Project. Cheers, buddy. I don't know what Tang Soo Do is. Okay, I was going to ask I no if, idea. if there was some clarification on that. No. Because it sounds cool. It also sounds like a I Chinese dish. Yeah. No, I have no idea what that is. I feel like I feel like I sh- I, maybe I should have Googled that, but... Yeah, can we do? It's a fun thing to say. Yeah. Uh, so today, we have a pretty cool guest with us. Uh, she is an MMA fighter, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, IBJJF 2018 world medalist. She's a business owner, a mom, and uh, all-around badass. She's also DLP's first sponsored athlete and fighter, which is amazing. Uh, Juliana Fontura. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So today in Massachusetts, it is extremely, extremely foggy. Yeah, it's crap out. It's horrible. It's wet and gross. and You're in beautiful Florida. Yeah, I'm really sorry to say <laughs> that it's not my case. <laughs> uh, looking out at the water right now, which is my back porch, and it's nice and sunny, and I just want Grayson in this beautiful weather. <laughs> not and I'm up. jealous. Yeah, I was like, and <laughs> yeah. I'm cool, great. And awesome. I'm jealous. <laughs> Once we yeah. get uh, once we get Justin into jujitsu, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take uh, a trip down there and come train at your gym. Oh, for sure! I literally live like not even a ten minute walk from the beach. Oh, that's sick! That's so cool! That's so sick! Yeah. How I was walk. it um, during that? There was a storm that just happened like a couple weeks ago, right? The hurricane. The hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <So>. calm down. <laughs> I, like, when I first moved into my apartment, the day that I got my keys, I didn't, like, realize what I was doing. So I rented this waterfront property, and oh no! the day that I move in, he was like, hey, if anything ever happens, just make sure that you fill your bathtub with water so that if you guys run out of water or something happens, you have water to use. And I was like, shit, like, I'm actually in front of the water if something yeah. does happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that was literally the day that I was moving in. So um, when it did happen, it was saying that it was going to, like, do the thing that it did, which is go up to, like, Tampa and not hit here. So I didn't prepare. I didn't buy any plywood. <laughs> I didn't board up my, like, anything. Like, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, no, I was like, I'll, I'll just plug it out. Um, and my neighbor, she's from Virginia, and so she's calling me, and she's like, hey, like, how bad is it? And this is me, like, literally chilling on my back porch because I have a little hammock set up. Yep. So I'm out there, and I, have a, I was like, hey, like, it's really windy, and that's about it, but, you know, like, you'll be fine. She's like, can you please take all the stuff off my porch? I was like, I promise, like, it's nothing but heavy wind. I was like, well, the stuff on my porch hasn't moved. If anything happens, like, I'm going to move your stuff. But 
We're good. She's like asking me to like close all. She has like <laughs> this whole prep on her porch where like she can close the like the screen and like make it. I don't know. Like buttoning hurt. down the hatches. Oh wow! <laughs> you yeah, gotta be ready, dude. The, gotta be no ready. the doors are all have to be all like hurricane proof down here, I guess. So this door is. So that's why I wasn't worried. But house insurance must yeah. be nuts. Oh yeah, especially near the water. Yeah, dude, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. This is not my property. I just rent it. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, let's let's go back to to the beginning. You you actually grew up in Massachusetts. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what initially sparked your interest in grappling. Um, so, you know, growing up back home, um, I graduated from, I'm from Hudson, Mass. So I graduated Hudson High. And then, um, while I was growing up, my brother, um, he did wrestling and football and track and like all of these things. And on his off season after wrestling, he just really loved wrestling. And I loved watching him. Um, you know, I always wanted to do my, my brother's older. So I always wanted to do what my brother was doing. And of course I got the whole, you're a girl. That's not what you're supposed to be doing thing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like, Who, Who'd you get that from? My mom. Your mom. Yeah. Okay. My mom. Is she like in, you're, you're Brazilian, right? Yeah. Is she old school? Traditional Brazilian woman? She is old school, traditional Brazilian woman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why don't you do ballet? Yeah. Why don't you do <laughs> cheerleading? Why don't you... So I did end up doing cheerleading and I did really well. I was um, the captain of my JV squad when I was in JV and then went up to, um, what's it called? The regular squad. Varsity? I the name. Varsity, thank you. Hey, no problem. And then um, my brother started jiu-jitsu. Okay. And so he comes home one day, and I'm in my kitchen, and I was cooking. And he's like, let me show you something. So he puts me in his rear naked choke. <laughs> and I start tapping and tapping and tapping. And next thing I knew, I was waking up after hitting my head on the floor of the kitchen. And you're like, I want to do this. And I, well, kind of, yeah, I was like, fuck you. Like that's never happening again. And I went and I like researched the school and, um, and I literally like walked there. I was like, I'm going to take jujitsu. And I, I'm sorry, Leo, I forged a signature on the waiver <laughs> that I brought home and I went to jujitsu every day. I would, tell my mom, I was like, hey, like I'm going to my friend's house and I would just go to jiu-jitsu. And that's how that started. How did it... reality... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, the reality is I really didn't start jiu-jitsu because of my brother. And the more, the more I get older, the more I realize this. Like, I just kind of needed an outlet mm. to get out of my house. Okay. So I never um, had a really great relationship with my mom um, because it was always like nothing was ever good enough, you know, type thing. And 
I just needed to get out of that. And with jujitsu, like I could control how good enough it was. Like if I was there every day, I knew that I was getting better. So, and you can see it. Like, yeah. And I was like, well, I have to, yeah. It was like a, a control that I could have that nobody could tell me that it wasn't good enough. Like I knew what I needed to do to make it good enough. So, now I realize that more than ever, but like when people would ask me this question, I would always say, oh, you know, my brother went to just do it. He choked me out. And then I was like, whatever, like now I want to do this. But it was just such a great escape. And that's why that's a thing. And you, and you know, practicing it when you go there and, and you're doing drilling or you're going through techniques or you're sparring you're not thinking of anything else. You're 100% hyper-focused on what's going on in front of you. So it does let you sort of forget all the bullshit that's going on, whether it be at home or at work or whatever. Yeah, 100%. Would you you say that's because it's an action? Again, I don't do the combat sports. Do you think it's because of the nature of the sport itself? Do you think you would have got the same feeling if you had if you continue doing cheerleading or if you did ballet? Um, no, Mark, like jujitsu is different, right? Like cheerleading. I hated that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and really, honestly, the cattiness of the females that do the sport, especially in high school, like it was disgusting to me. Like I would walk into practice and I'd be like, all right, I need to go. Cause I need to get this done. And then I need to leave. Like mm. that was what I so it wasn't a relief from I, home. No, no, it was just something. It well, kind of, I guess, because it was just it was something for me not to be home. But, but it's like, more bullshit. It's more bullshit. It was what my mom wanted me to do versus yeah. what I felt like I should be doing. Do you find? And, sorry. No, yeah, and I was the one like lifting the girls because <laughs> I was too big, like like physically, like these little the tiny ones were the ones like flying. So I was the one like lifting them. I was like, what am I doing? Like what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I even here? Why am I even here? Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Do you find the cattiness of females that you just talked about in cheerleading, do you find that in jujitsu with females or is it more of an empowering community of women? It's more empowering, I think, because there are so far few in between yeah. that, that do it. When we find one that does, we're like, oh, my God, please I love stay. You. Yeah, yeah, please stay. Don't quit. Please stay. Don't leave. Like, I need you. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. And then, like, two minutes later, they're, like, out the door. I'm like, all right, cool story. Nice See, to meet you. It, it's funny <laughs> because when – when I've only been doing it a little under a year and a half, right? So I'm still a white belt. And when yeah. I walk into class or if I walk into an open mat and I don't see another white belt, I'm like, mother fucker, <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch. I mean that, you know, that was up until maybe six or seven, you know, month six or seven until I started getting good with like blue belts and purple belts and stuff like that. But even yeah. today, if I walk in there and I don't see another white belt, it's like, Son of a bitch, dude. Today is going to be a tough fucking day. And I think about that, and then I think about it from a woman's perspective. You're walking in the gym, and you're almost never, at least not in our gym. Our gym is like (laughs) meathead dude central. So there's, there's, we have one 
female black belt and she's a fucking savage. But I'm like, for 10... Oh, and she's a black belt? Yeah, yeah. She's a black belt. She just got her black belt this year in March. And she's a savage. And But I'm like, yo, for 10 years, she walked in here and did not see another chick. Like, <laughs> you know? Well, we, we would see them, but they would not stay. There I'm she sure was, she thought, <laughs> and she and goes. She, and I'm sure she begged them to stay, and I'm sure she tried to make them feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah, but you can't. Like, I don't. It's just something like that you have to have in you. Like, so, I feel like a lot of people aren't comfortable being uncomfortable, yep. and that's what jiu-jitsu is. It's making yourself and putting yourself in something that you know could end really bad, but you have to learn so that you can make it end Good. really well. Yeah. You know what I mean? My buddy, people aren't willing to put themselves through that. My buddy Jay says you're either a grappler or you're not. There's no, there's no in between. Yeah. It's, I feel like I, respect that phrase more now that I'm doing um, stand-up. Yeah. Cause it, that's like getting punched in the face. Like some people like getting punched in the face and some people don't like getting <laughs> punched in the face, you know? And it's like, oh, I want to be a boxer. Or I want to be, I want to do this. I want to do that. But like the moment they get hit one time, yeah, they're out. Game changes. Game yeah. Changes. And I was actually um, sparring <laughs> On Wednesday, so we usually we just added Wednesday sparring. We usually only did it on Saturdays, but we added a day because obviously we can't just be sparring one day and then go yeah, fight. Yeah. So <laughs> this guy, I had um, sparred with him before. He like pops up randomly, and to like the Saturday open match or whatever. And so he, I had sparred with him on like a different Saturday and this guy was like throwing some wild, like crazy, uncontrolled, like spinning spazzy. shit. He was he was being spazzy, spazzy standing. Like, yeah. Extremely, extremely. But luckily, my good old Boston coach Chuck, man, he just shows me in and out, in and out, like yep, all Chuck. the time. <laughs> Do you guys know who he is? No, it just sounds like such a boxing coach name. Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Oh, he's amazing. He's this old man and he's like he's like grumpy and he'll yell at you. Like he yells at me every single day. Like I get yelled at every single day. Like and he like he calls me like all sorts of names too. And then he'll like he'll be like, Oh, you know, you did really good today. And I was like, I did. That's awesome. <laughs> you were just yelling at me, but I did really well today. You just shit on me for an hour and a half and then you compliment. Yeah. Literally, literally, or some days he doesn't say anything. Some days he just yells at you, and and, and that's and it. That's like, because you didn't do good day. that day. Yeah. I have nothing yeah. nice to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you do hear something nice, you're like, wow, you it know, means something. Uh, it carries weight. Yeah, it does. So anyway, back to the guy. Um, you know, I start popping him with like straight one, two punches or whatever. And this happened this past Wednesday. So he, he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, can we go? And I was like, yeah, we'll go. And he's like, but can we go light? I was like, I have already heard this a million times. Yeah. I was like, we'll go as light. I'll go as light as you go. I'm going to match your energy. So mm. I'll go as light as you go. Cause I had already dealt with him like prior. Yeah. So he's like, okay. 
So I start, you know, like nicely and light because, like, I knew that I know I train every day and I know this guy doesn't train yeah. every day. So, you know, you, you have to gauge how aggressive you are. Yeah. With you don't just want to light somebody up that has no idea what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Especially because you're getting punched in the face. Yeah. And it's strange, and I'm conscious of that. So I'm going with this guy and I'm hitting these straight one twos or whatever. And he starts throwing, he starts like doing the huffing and puffing thing. Oh, yeah, like yeah. as he's getting frustrated. And I can see it because he's like doing one of these because he's trying to block everything that's coming at him. And then he falls. Mm, he just falls. As I'm throwing one, two, he falls. And I stop and I, you know, I was like, come Get up. up. <laughs> he gets up and I, because he's starting to, he like started to throw this spinning shit. And I was like, all right. If you want to do that, if anybody's mom's going to cry, it's not going to be mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I started lighting up one, two, one, two again, and he just quit. He's like, I'm done. And I looked at him. <laughs> and I was, just quit. I was like, is this for real right now? Like, you're quitting in the middle. And I wasn't even mad that he stopped. I was just mad I couldn't finish my three minute round. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, thanks for I robbing me of work. There was a whole minute left, and I was like, are you serious right now? I'm like, tough it out, bro. Like, yeah. but yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. I did Muay Thai for like four, four and a half years and people would fucking quit all, especially like, like, um, just a, a little tie kick to the thigh. And you know this, Juliana, if you're not conditioned for those leg kicks, you're fucked, dude. And just a little, <laughs> little, little tap. And they're like, yeah, I'm done with this. All set. <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. Over it. And I'm done. Um, how did you? I just think it's crazy that people quit like that, though. Well, that's that's just it. it ex- the thing that I love about combat sports is it exposes who you are rapidly. A quitter, a quitter can pose as a winner and as somebody who is resilient in certain aspects of life. And they can put that mask on. In combat sports, in jiu-jitsu, in wrestling, in judo, in Muay Thai, in boxing, there is no fucking mask. You can't hide it. You cannot hide it. You're going to be really bad at it. You're going to get lit the fuck up, and you're either going to show up the next day, or you're going to quit two minutes into boxing, Julian. (laughs) I I like how you stared at me that whole time, because you're like, yeah, I'm going to kick the shit out of you when you come to the gym. The whole time you didn't break eye contact. No. Like, oh, this is meant directly for you. Yeah, Justin. and exactly. So for you. That's fine. I want to come back on here after you do your first class, and then I want to have this conversation again. Hell yeah! Okay, sure. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, t- tell me how how did you feel first walking into the gym when you first walked in as a brand new white belt? And stepping on the mats, was there a level of was it excitement? Was it anxiety? Were you scared? How did that first, how that first interaction with jujitsu go? I guess I wasn't scared because like my brother, obviously we're siblings. Like we used to just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. So <laughs> in in that aspect, like I'm thankful that my brother put me through the ringer a couple times so that I could. He he toughened me up, right? So that's what I like to say. He toughened me up. So. When I was there, I was like, wow, like, this is cool. Like, I get to, I learned chokes first. So I was like, I get to choke somebody. Like, I could just walk up to anybody and just 
you know, put this in and, <laughs> it, and they're it, gone. It's a very awesome feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it is. You know, learning how to tap because, like, you're like, oh, shit, what do I do now? And, and like, you know. It's over. Those kinds of <laughs> yeah. Hey, and, and word of advice for you, make sure you tap on the person and not the floor. Oh, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> you learned that the hard yeah, way. I learned that like, the hard way. I got camorred from closed guard by this guy, and I was saying tap. I was like, tap, tap. I said it, like, four times. But the music yeah. was too loud, and he couldn't hear me. And I was like, this guy's going to fucking break my arm, dude. I was like, Tad! <laughs> fucking Tad! This is how it ends. <laughs> this is how it ends. Yeah. So I I was like, I learned. I learned. I'm either stomping my foot. I'm slapping. I'm, I've slapped dudes in the face, on the ass, fucking wherever. Whatever it takes. I, whatever it takes to get them to stop. Yeah. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes guys feel so awkward because the only place to tap is like your ass. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm like, dude, I, I get it. Like that what was the that? only place you could literally tap right now. It's all right. Don't worry about it. We should pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It happens. It, happens. Is it is. Yeah. Tap. When you're getting fucking lost, you just tap anywhere. Like either that or. Or break an arm or I guess just go out, right? That's the nice thing about blood chokes is they're not really that dangerous. You're just going to, you're just going to go out. Yeah. It's not, not the end of the world. So what, what led to the decision to start competing? Um, So three months into training, when I fell into jujitsu, I felt heavy. Yeah. Like I felt heavy, heavy. Yeah. I was training um, every single day. Like. Sunday through Sunday, and fuck, um, that's and a I lot. Was pretty much, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I loved it. I couldn't get enough, and it was the whole thing of like the control thing. Like a control, I was like, oh, like I could finally do something where like I feel like I'm gonna get somewhere because of the competitions and like, you know, and so, um, you know, I was training every day, and then um, three months in. My coach was like, hey, like, do you want to compete? Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to compete. That's and so fast. it was at um, Twin Rivers Casino in Connecticut. And I was 15 years old at the time. Maybe I was, four, yeah, was that 14 or 15? 14 or 15. Um, and there was nobody in the teenage division. So I had to actually compete in the women's division, which was 18 plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, I went with my dad. My dad took me, and he was nervous as all hell. This man, this poor man, oh, my God. My dad, God bless him, because he's, like, the complete opposite of my mom. Like, even if he doesn't agree with something that I'm doing, he's always been, like, I'll support you, and I'll be here if something goes wrong. This is how I feel about it, but I'm supporting you. So that, to me, is, like, I think that's priceless at as a parent, and I guess I try to mirror that as well yeah. when I'm, you know, parenting my child. Well, they're, um, they're individuals. So you did your first one three months in. Yep, I did my first one three months in, and it was in the adult division, and I won that one. You came in first? I, yeah. Holy shit, good for you. Yeah, and I think that was what... That day is the day that I decided that I was going to do this for the rest of my life. 
It was that day. Do you think that you would have felt different if you had lost like every match? Do you think that it was it was the win, it was coming in first place that that gave you the confidence and and the yeah, I guess the confidence to be like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing. I don't think so because I was so heavy into it already. Yeah. And, you know, I started with Abmar Barbosa and he was successful um, at the time, super successful at the time when I started with him. I didn't know who he was. I was just lucky enough to walk into a gym where it was a legit guy that was like competing, pans, world. And I had no idea what any of that meant. Yeah. And not so dojo gym. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw that he, like how hard he worked and what he was doing to get to where he wanted to be. And I was like, man, like I want to do that, you know? So yeah. for me, I think it wasn't the tournament itself. Did it help? Hell yeah. Cause I, like I said, like, I was like, man, I put in all this time and I've been busting my ass, but like it's paying off. So if I keep doing this, like how far could I get? Yeah. I'd say in my head. And I had never had that before because I had never played like any sports growing up. You know, my mom was a piano teacher. So like I was forced to do that and I fucking hated it. Like only because I was forced to do it. Now I look back and I'm like, man, you know, I really wish I still knew how to play piano, but like, the being forced to like sit down and, and do something I didn't want to do when I, you know, when the kids were playing outside, I had to sit there and like play piano. Yeah. So I think that's what really, I was like, wow, like I can do this and I do it cause I want to do it and, and I have complete control over it. And, and you're really good at it. <laughs> and I'm really good at it. Yeah. And then I did another tournament. Um, what was it like? Six months after I did. Oh, I did pan six months in. That was my first big one. And I went to California for that one. Oh, that's the other thing too. Like I could travel. Yeah. Yeah. I was 16. And so I was like, man, I'm going to go to this big tournament. Like my, my coach was competing and he was, he um, went against Cron Gracie and oh, he, shit. He was training this whole time to beat this man. Okay. He was literally, I remember him getting like pictures of Kron and putting it on the sled and just fucking pushing that shit. <laughs> and I awesome. was like, wow, like, okay, this is like, it just, how he trained and the way he did it. I would watch this and I, I was like, man, like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be that good to be, you know, be going against the best in the world. And so, um, you know, I did my, I went to Pans. I think I placed, I placed second and third. I placed wow. third in my division. No, was it? Yeah, I placed third in my division and second in the open class. I believe that's how it went. And I was going against girls like Danielle Alvarez and Kendall Rusing. I don't know if you follow Jiu-Jitsu or, or know who those girls are, but. They're not slouches. They're, they're huge now. Yeah. You know, especially like Kendall Rusing, man. And, and we were, she, they were blue belts. I was still a white belt, but I had to compete at blue because they didn't have a white belt division. That's wild. I know. I wasn't even a blue belt yet when I did that. I was six months into jiu-jitsu, but my coach was like, no, you're going in. What was your, what was your, 
What was your routine like? Like day of, like I've heard some people, they're like, I meditate 20 minutes before and then I jump rope and, you know, I drink a little bit of water, but I don't eat past this time or whatever. What, what was your routine like then? Um, I didn't really have one to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Just winging it. <laughs> just I winging just it. it. Yeah. You know that, um, so before my pants tournament, I, um, I fucked up my hand really bad the week prior to oh, me traveling. So we were doing these sprawls on the yoga ball. And so it was partner drill and partner would stand in front of you and you would roll the yoga ball to your partner and they would sprawl on it and then they would send it back to you and you would sprawl on it. Yeah. But this day when we were doing this, we did it for like, it was like a minute as many as you can or whatever, or like two minutes. I don't know how long we did it for, but I was like done. Like <laughs> smoked. Done. And he was like, and I was doing this with my coach and he's rolled it to me and he's like one more. And I was like, oh, like in my head, I was like, fuck. As that's happening, the ball's rolling to me and it started going sideways and I went to sprawl. So my hands were here, but the ball went this way and I was still sprawling. So I landed on all of my fingers uh, and they all bent back uh, like under me. So I literally had a smurf hand. Like my hand was blue <laughs> here and here the week before the tournament. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And my coach literally looked at me. He's like, you're going to wrap it up and you're going to go in there anyway. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. That's right. what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what happened. So I guess my prep was taping my fingers and <laughs> that was it, you know, doing a little like, prayer right, and walking on I the got mat. tape on my fingers. Yeah. And it was like, piece. I had to tape my two, like my middle finger to my whatever finger this is. Yeah. Ring finger. Ring finger? Like, yeah. Yeah. My ring yeah. finger. That's like, that's what my hand was like. But that must yeah. have fucked with and, your grip. Oh, and I taped, and he, and he made sure that he was like, hey, don't just tape that one, tape the other one too, so she doesn't know which one's hurt. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty See, smart. See, that is experience. Yeah, it is. That's wow. yeah. that's experience and competition. Wouldn't yeah. even cross my mind. No, no, me either. Do no, you... right? Yeah, and me, man. I'm like freaking 16, 15 years old. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever you say. Whatever you say. Do yeah. you, um, has that changed? Has that changed? Like as you continue to compete, did you end up developing a, a routine or a tradition or just something that you found that works for you? Um, I think the the weight cutting itself um, is a routine in itself. How much so weight do you normally cut? I walk around at 155, 150. Yeah. It depends how disciplined I'm being. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to have to start walking around a lot lighter. So I'm not going to have room to be messing around and like not being disciplined. Cause I fight last, the last fight I fought, um, was 145 and now I'm cutting to the 135 division because that was definitely not my division. Like these girls are like giraffes. Yeah. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm. I'm five one, okay. but I'm really heavy. Yeah. Like I'm stocky. So 
I don't really have a lot of room for error. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I have to, like, especially because the girls that are even 135, like, these girls are still, like, tall. And I don't know. I look at, like, my body composition and I look at these girls and I'm like, man, they're just long and lanky. Yeah. Mm. And that's so annoying and to I'm fight. Short, stocky. And I'm hoping that that is going to eventually be an advantage to, like, get in for my take or something. I'm like, I'm built this way for a reason. Yeah, and you got to fight. Yeah. You got to fight inside. That's that's just yeah. that's just what it, when I was doing Muay Thai. So I walk around at 200. That's that's like where my body is comfortable. When I was doing yeah. Muay Thai, I got down to 135. Holy shit. I had to for the reasons that she said at 200. Dude, I was it was it, they're, they're fucking giant. I'm fighting you. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, literally. <Not> <laughs> I'm fighting you. Justin's 6'3", right? Yeah. 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 I'm 5'8". I'm, I'm it's okay. not good. No boy. What do you weigh, Justin, if you don't mind me asking? Like 230. 230? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Big people, I mean, man. After 200, <laughs> guys, weight categories, after 200, it's just. It's just, like, it, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And you're fighting dudes that are fucking 6'3", 6'5", 225, getting lit up, dude. It's terrifying. Not a good time. Not a good time. Thinking of somebody my size knowing what they're doing is not. It's terrifying. This is not an awesome thought. Yeah. No. And so, you, yeah, you got you get. So I was like, ah, 135 it is. <laughs> but it's only really dangerous when that person doesn't know how to, well, it, when they start to know how to use their weight, that's when it gets dangerous. Because huh. in the beginning, like, anybody will flip you and move you and do whatever it's the moment like things start clicking that you're going to start to become dangerous and then you're like oh all right like you can't move me because i'm so big (laughs) and that's that is that 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 intersection that you're talking about is also probably the most dangerous point in training because you're getting just enough skill and just good enough to generate power in your kicks and your punches but you're not so good that you're not absolutely lighting up your training partner like you don't know how to pull back at the last second to get a full swing or a full kick in and then lay off at the end so it's like you'll see you'll see people that are getting good that are a little heavier that can generate a lot of power fucking torching people by accident because they can't control it that's interesting you see that at your gym juliana yeah yeah and then there's the whole other thing too like your length for things like your arms and your legs, like it's just naturally longer. So like, you don't like if, if I go against you, you literally could just hold your hand out and put it on my forehead. And I'm going to be like, yeah, that's my go-to move because you're so long. So like the reach advantage is, is a huge thing, which is another reason why I drop down. Yeah. Like it's a big thing, but with my coach, Chuck, Chuck, I'm in and out, baby. In and out. That's it. Pop, 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 and I'm out. Get an angle, get in, pop, 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 and I'm out. Exactly. Hell yeah. Um, Now, you you actually owned a jiu-jitsu school in Massachusetts for some time, right? Two of them, Two of them. Yeah, tell me about that. What was it like getting it started, generating it, being a female owning a gym? What what was that experience like? Did you see any or did you notice any 
anything unique about that experience? The female entrepreneur in itself, I think. Yeah. 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 So, um, my first gym, I had it for eight years. Wow. Wow. And yeah. Um, I actually, you guys don't know this about me. I don't know if these guys have been following me for that long. Um, I was married. Um, and I started that with my ex-husband who was also, uh, I was a purple belt at the time and he was a black belt. And, um, you know, when we started dating, um, six months after we started dating, we got married, which is wild, but we did. And, you know, I got pregnant six months after I got married and we looked at each other and we were like, what do we want to do? Yeah. Because whatever we do now, we're going to probably be doing for a very long time because we have to provide stability. So I was like, all right, well, we both do this. So like, let's, you know, open a gym. So we both, um, we opened a gym while I was pregnant and, you know, he taught the classes and I kind of commanded the background because I was pregnant when, when we opened. Yeah. And then I got back, you know, after my, my pregnancy, um, to the mat, I wanted to make sure that, you know, my daughter was on there and involved. And so in order for her to do those things, she needed to see somebody that's like her doing those things. And also having a female in the gym changes the culture that you have inside of it. I don't care what anybody says. It absolutely does. It It absolutely does. Because guys will be guys when it's just guys around. But in order for there to be like, a female role, I guess, just in general, is like the motherly type figure that makes sure that things are like in place, I guess, in my mind. And so that's like what the female instinctly does inside a gym as well. It kind of keeps the checks and balances, right? I agree. Um, yeah, that's I agree with as that. As far as what guys are saying because they have to police themselves yep. to not say inappropriate things when females are around. It keeps, you know, guys from walking around in their fucking underwear and t-shirts off. Um, most of the time. <laughs> most, <laughs> most of the time. Of the time. <laughs> but um, I think the females that do this for so long, like it's just so normal to us now yeah. to like just see a dude, just be like, I'm going to drop my gi pants and I'm going to put my shorts on. And it's not even like a, a thing. No. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. Like we're around dudes all day long. Yeah. So do do you um do you find that rolling with dudes, do you find that it they're ever like too polite or too worried about accidentally touching somewhere that you know what like when what sometimes when I roll with women when I'm with a dude, I'll post on the chest to build my posture back up. I won't do that with a girl because that's uh, that's just it's I won't different. Do that. Um, you know who's doing it maliciously because there's a difference between like a grab, yeah, and a post, yeah, mm. right. So if you're posting like in between my chest or like up here, it's different than you literally putting two hands. All yeah. my boobs. Yeah. And like grabbing them. That's different. 
Seems right? Like creepy. even the female. It's a little rapey. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and think about it this way. That's like me putting my hand on your chest and then groping it. Like yeah. curling mm-hmm. my yeah, finger to grab. Like that's just weird to do to a guy. Yeah. So if you're doing it to a girl, you're doing that shit on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is no in between because if you do it to a guy, it's weird. And if you do it to a girl, it's weird. So whatever you feel like would be weird to do to a guy, it's probably going to be. And that's why it does piss me off to a certain degree because some guys will act like a fucking dead fish, bro. And that irks me like deep in my soul. Yeah. Because I do not give a fuck how dead of a fish you are. If you want to get beat up, I'm going to toss the shit out of you. you I'm here to fucking train. You don't want to train and you want to be a little bitch. That's cool. But I'm here to train. I love that. And that's how I put it in my head. Like, fuck you if you want to be act like a dead fish. Eventually, though, those those guys. uh, But I had to learn this. In the beginning, I was like, oh, like, they're just being nice. No, motherfucker, you're actually being an asshole. Like you are actually being a very big asshole. It feels like a lack it, a lack of respect for your game. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm they're underestimating how much you could actually do. Like, oh, yeah. you couldn't talk. And I feel like it could also be like a like a defense mechanism, like, oh, I let her do all of these for things. For sure. Uh, mm. Oh, I fucking tossed you. Can't let the ego get bruised. Nothing to do about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the whole guys will do this to guys too, but like the whole, like you put them in a choke and they'll start like coaching you. I'm oh like, my God. I, that happens to me. I was like, yeah. A all lot. Time. A it, lot. It just, especially from the upper belts that have like a massive ego. Yep. Bro, if somebody that's a lower belt than me gets something, I'm like, dude, good fucking good job. Good for like, you. I did not see that coming. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, but that that comes with like, ah, you're not undefeatable. There will be somebody that like just started that just gets it and they put something in and you're and you and I think it's like the surprise aspect of it too, right? Because I'm an upper belt, like I don't expect you to do certain things. Yeah. So I'm not like with the upper belt, like. I am prepared and I know that these things are coming. So I'm like, all right, like I'm going to block this and I'm going to do it. But with the lower belts, like you just don't expect those things. So you kind of train more geared towards them than geared towards you, if that makes sense. So sometimes shit is going to go in place and you're like, ah, fuck. Like, also, if you're working on a new part of your game, it leaves you open to certain vulnerabilities. Right. If you're yeah. if you're working on new escapes or or a new guard or a new submission matrix or whatever it is, there's going to be gaps here because it's new. It's not a big deal. <laughs> We're all there to get better. You know, it's the whole being comfortable, being uncomfortable. If you're beating up everybody where you are, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. You yes. need to be comfortable. You need to have people that are better than you. Yeah, that's like and that. If, you don't, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong get room. Get out of the say. fucking room. Find a new room. Get out of the room. Yeah. But some people are so okay with that. And they're, they like puff their chest out. They peacock. Yeah. And that's not okay. When I see that, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. I want to just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. None of my business. Yeah. So I just don't <laughs> <do it. laughs> 
What were you going to say, Justin? I just wanted to clarify. So when you you'd both said that people will coach you while they're getting choked, mm-hmm. is that to is that for them to feel like it's not as big of a deal it's, that they're getting their ass kicked? It's it's so that they can be like, oh, I gave that to you. Oh, okay, all right. Am I? Is that? Yeah. Would you say the same thing, okay. Juliana? So that they can be like, "Oh yeah, good job on that." Yeah. You know, you just you gotta. And then after they'll coach you, and they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, when you're setting that up, you get." And it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. I I got you. <laughs> okay. All right. I was just yeah. curious. That actually happened to me during sparring. Um, you know, I had this one. I I do really well with like my takedowns, and I do my my jujitsu background comes from judo. So the minute I get these guys on the wall, they're they're gonna flip over they're going down <laughs> they're going down so um i was going with this one guy and i put him up against the cage and he's like he started coaching me while he was on the fence like yeah. i put him on the fence and he's like oh you should i was like how's this i don't coach you during sparring and you don't coach me during sparring but if you have something to say after we can do that and i fucking flipped him because i was so pissed love it I literally like I looked him like dead in the <laughs> eye and I said this. I was like, I don't coach you and you don't coach me during sparring. And then I just fucking went for it because I was like, fucking fuck see you later. You're like, you checked your bags, right? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's some sky miles for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what yeah. what is your favorite submission matrix? Right? Are you like, do you run through the key lock, Kimura, armbar? Are you more of a you like to play the choke game. Like, what's what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite submissions? I am a very big footlocker. A footlocker. I'm a footlocker. Oh. I see that like everywhere. Like, footlocks are my jam. Like, people know as soon as I put one in, they just like they now tap. Everybody that knows me, they start tapping prematurely because they're like, "Fuck!" When that shit goes in, it's in. Are you going for straight footlocks, heel hooks? What's your what's your footlock of choice? Straight footlocks, but I've actually um, where I train now it's A and M Jiu Jitsu, and uh, the black belt there is Drew, and he is a very big heel hooker, leg walker. So he's kind of um, shown me a lot of things, and he has a very unique style of Jiu Jitsu. So I've been doing a lot more like heel hooks and, and things like that. But yeah, like footlocks, heel hooks, knee bars, like those, I love those submissions. For like, and like go ahead. for what? I was going to say like, for like three months, I, I was fucking around with footlocks and I started catching heel hooks off of instinct. Right. So in I the would, gi? In the gi. Yeah. So I oh. would. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would, I'd go, I'd go like single leg X and, and I'd catch heel hooks. I was, and it was, I was, I wasn't even thinking, I was like, this is how jujitsu is supposed to feel. But then I was like, I have to stop doing this because I'm not allowed to do heel hooks in competitions. I was like, and I'm going to fucking do it just off of instinct at a competition and I'm going to get DQ'd. So I've well, actually, Ogi, right? You can. Uh, well, you're a white belt, a white so different tournaments. Yeah, but different different tournaments uh, will allow it, and some won't. Even for white belts, so I think it's something you should train. 
because the game now it's very big on heel hooks and knee bars and foot locks. Yeah. Like everybody, that's it's a leg lock game now. You know, everybody does it. Yeah. So I was against them learning it, but I think I'm really not against learning it now. I think it needs to be taught properly. I need, I think people need to understand the mechanics of it because it is a dangerous thing. Yeah. So if you understand, mechanics of it you're going to understand when to let go or not to not hurt somebody but the reason you can't do it in the gi is because of the friction of the pants like you can't just slip out of it in no gi you're sweaty slip out of those things with the gi you cannot yeah it's like a bear trap that reason that's why it's not allowed i didn't know that that's yeah, that's so, super interesting. Yeah, inside baseball for yeah. you. <laughs> so them in the gi, bad things happen. I've seen it so many times, like so many times. They're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said gi. I couldn't do it. <laughs> okay, well, it wasn't posted etiquette. anywhere. I looked. Uh, it wasn't for etiquette. Don't hook people in the gi, piece. So that's why that black belt looked at me like I was a piece of shit when I heel hooked him in the gi. <laughs> It's like yeah, you, you did that, don't, huh? Do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good to know. Um, I highly recommend everybody that's starting this to go on IBJJF and read through the rules because the rules that they have in place are technically for safety. Yeah. Like don't put your finger in the gi, don't and, and you need to know the rule set to understand jujitsu as well. Like there's a reason why Mount is four points. There's a reason why back is four points. Yeah. Like, you need to know what is important and what's not and how to move through the system. Like, there's so many people that don't understand the rules. So, like, one big one for me, right, is when somebody is in mount and or, – or, like, they take somebody down, but they land on side control. Yeah. And they're like – They'll be yelling at the ref, like, where's my passing point? You didn't pass. You didn't pass the guard. It's you a takedown. You the guard. You landed in guard, but there was no action. You weren't in a guard, and then you passed the guard and get side control. Yeah. You took somebody down and landed in side control. So you get the takedown point, but you, there was no action. And people don't get that because they never read the rules. You know what's like, one but thing? I'm in soft control. Well, okay. <laughs> You know? One thing that I, I struggle with is uh, for back control. You have to put your hooks in to get the four points. Um, there's back mount. Yeah. And then there's back. So back mount is the person is flat and your knees are on the floor like you're mounted. Yeah. And then there's four. That's four points. Okay. And then when you put the hooks in. If they turtle or something, that's four points. And that's the, the interesting part. So if you're in back mount, um, nobody really says that. It's like even weird to say back mount, but yeah. it is a thing. If you turn and you're in top mount position now, that's another four points. And if you turn and flip on your back and they back mount again, that's another four points. And if you keep turning, oh, wow. it just keeps People no don't shit. know this either because they don't rule. Yeah, see, I thought I, I thought I knew the rules. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought I knew the rules. Yeah, I don't know the rules. But 
Better get to the website, bro. Better get to the. I just yeah, I just like got my IBJJF membership card in the mail, actually. That is the biggest like. I hate that you have to pay now for those. Things. I know. Like, what are you providing that I have to pay fucking forty, fifty dollars for this card? Like, an ID. What are you, an ID. They're, an giving, ID. <laughs> they're giving you an ID. Yeah. It's so silly. Um, what what yeah. do you, what like, do you what you have to pay to get your black belt too, like. Well, to register under IBJJF, the, oh. you have to do a rules course, you have to do a CPR course, you have to get a background check, you have to pay for the actual like diploma itself. It's like this whole What's thing. the total cost? Oh my God. I spent like, it was probably around like $850. Holy shit. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It's exp- I, so- so If somebody has an IBJJF black belt diploma... No, they had to do all of these things. Yeah. But I think the rules course, you have to do it. I think everybody should do it all the time. Like, because every year, like, little things tweak and change. So the rules course, the CPR course, all right, I get it, because you could be coaching people. Sure. The um, background check, that's huge. If you're some child molester yeah yeah that's you should yeah, you shouldn't be at a tournament yeah yeah you shouldn't so i get why they do all of these things but they're already getting my money from the rules course like why do you need me to pay like x amount for me to get a diploma it's that's a money insane. grab it's a not money only grab. that there are schools that will charge you for the black belt as well so think about it when you graduated, that school charged you X amount, and then you have to pay to get the diploma from IBJJF to make it legit. You know what I mean? It's, it's like kind of wild. wild. Yeah, it is, especially like when a lot you're of paying. work. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what what do you believe is the key skill that should be learned at each belt? Right, or or do you feel like do you have a different philosophy on that? And I'll sort of give you examples right i've heard it where it's like white belts about survival blue belts about escapes purples about playing off the back right do you feel like there is a a primary skill that needs to be learned and not mastered but you've got to become proficient at in each belt that you should be focused on so i guess white belt is the fundamentals right you have to know a basic of each category. You got to know a sweep. You got to know a submission. You have to know how to transition and you have to know where things are. So like side control, mount, guard, like you have to know these things. Yeah. Um, blue belt is where you find your, your style. Purple belt is where you start perfecting that style. Brown belt is where you should be able to like effectively teach the mechanics of these things and also do them. Yeah. Like you have to know, like all of these, everything that you're doing, people don't realize, like if you don't know the mechanics, which is, I feel like when I was a brown belt, I, I was like, oh, like if I didn't know this, I wouldn't have gotten here. That makes sense. You know? So brown belt is when you can effectively teach the mechanics of things to people because 
um, when I'm doing these moves, right, and I'm teaching them to white belt for, to white belts, they're like, oh, why are we doing this? Like, this doesn't lead anywhere. I'm like, because this is the, there's technical movement and there's a functional movement, right? At first, I need to teach you how to move for you to know how to move when you're doing this, right? So, like, some days we'll be drilling certain things and there is no, like, submission or anything out of it, but it's just how to move your hips. Yeah. And if you don't want to do this, you're not going to know how to do it in the big scheme. Like guard retention. Like guard retention. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a functional movement. Like you're not going to just push, but, but you need to know how to hip escape when somebody's under you to, to do it, you know? Yeah. And then black belt. Oh man. I wish I knew what I knew when that black belt got tighter <laughs> on my way. I really do. Cause Everybody that does this has their eyes on this black belt and you look at these black belts and you want to be them and you want to get there and you're like working so hard for the black belt. But like, I wish people didn't work for the black belt. I wish people worked for the moment, like enjoy every damn belt, enjoy them because it's like a kid growing up. You're going to look back and be like, man, like you don't get that back. Yeah, that's a cool way to that look black at belt yeah. was tied around my waist. I think my my initial reaction was disappointment at how I felt. It was like everything that I had worked so hard for towards, and I was like, man, I want this black belt because I want to show the other females that they can do it. But at the end of the day, I was like, that's not. Yes, that's like a huge thing, but. Now it's a, it's a responsibility. When you have a black belt tied around your waist, it's not about anything else but the responsibility that that thing carries. Because people look at you different, you know, because it takes so long. Well, the people that do it anyway. Yeah. They look so different. They like look up to you and they see how you're doing things and why you're doing things and they trust in you and they ask you questions and they it's just a whole responsibility. And I think you don't realize the weight that that carries until it, you're like, oh, shit. Like, there is nothing else to move towards. Like, this is it. Like, now if I want to progress in my black belt, like, it's the discipline that's going to keep me there. And, like, there's there are no, no more, stripes. There's no more pieces there's of candy. No yeah, yeah, there's Stop. no more. No more shiny objects. <laughs> People don't realize that. They just want the belt tied around their waist. You know? Yeah. But uh, I was, you know, I always talk, you know, I have black belt talks with, with Drew and stuff, and we were just talking, like, it's very hard for a bad person to have a black belt. Why is that? See, that's not a good person. Because, like, jujitsu will weed bad people out. Mm. that's really interesting it it's a thing like there's the few that like yeah they fall through, through the cracks <laughs> they fall through the cracks but generally speaking bad people don't have them i mean every every group has bad eggs but that's kind of cool that there's like a not a process of weeding out but the gym will sort of shun you yeah that's interesting yeah and you'll be like people oh. won't want to roll with you yeah. people 
well, you know, it just, every gym has a different environment. And I try to tell people this when they're starting. I'm like, you need to find a place that makes you feel happy. And if you don't, don't feel obligated to stay there for the loyalty thing. Oh, yeah. Fuck Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. That, to me, is a professor being extremely insecure in what they're doing. If you're going to pull the loyalty card. Yeah. When I, um, when I opened my gym, I always made sure to tell my students, I'm like, you are a bird in a cage that is open. If you ever feel like you need to fly, I will be there to help you fly. And if you outgrow me, that means that I'm doing something right. Yeah. You're doing your job. I should not be the end all be all. You owe me this. No, my job is to teach you. To get you Your to job level. is to learn. Yep. If you feel like you're not learning and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, I need to help you find something that will. And so I always had an open door policy. Anybody could come visit my gym and you could go visit anybody's gym. I do not care. Please go visit somebody else and bring something nice back for me. It's also like... um It's also a a proof of concept of the work that you're doing at your gym. So like I've dropped, I've dropped into different gyms in Vermont and, and around here in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And for me being a white belt dropping in, I was like, I can hang with these blue belts and these purple belts in these different gyms. It's not because I know the blue and purples games at my gym. It's because my training is good and I'm rolling with good people. And that translates to any gym that I go to. Yeah. And you have to go out there and you have to like, it gets to a point where, you know, all your training partners game. So you're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go with this person. You know, they do guard really well. So, like, this is what I have to watch out for. When you go somewhere and you're visiting, you don't know that. It's like a competition. And that's what I love about it, right? It's yeah. like walking onto a competition, Matt. You generally have no idea who's in your bracket until two days before. And it's like, maybe you can find them on Facebook. But, like, who's doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. Josh is doing that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. actually, you want I mean, to hear something funny? Little, After... I, I, uh, after my last competition at Grappling Industries, yep. the, the dude that placed first came up to me and he's like, hey, you want to hear something funny? Sure. I'm always down for a joke. He's like, uh, I, I saw your name and I and I Googled you. I didn't Google you. He's like, I, I, I looked up your name on Facebook and I found like this super nerdy guy. He was like, and, I, and, and he was like, I'm going to fuck this dude up. He's like, and then you walked on the mat and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So some, somebody's doing it. Somebody out there. <laughs> somebody's doing it. I love it. So funny, yeah. dude. Um, how did how did becoming a mom and and having a daughter specifically have an impact on your decisions, your training schedule, prepping for fights? How does that How does that impact? Oh man, um, having a a child in general is. You know, you have to be the role model, but having a, because I am female and she's a female, I just want to be able to show her that she can do whatever the hell she wants. And I think the biggest 
day for me that I knew that I was doing the right thing was um, the day that I opened my gym was the day that she was starting school. And she goes, Mommy, uh, you know, I'm taking her to school. She goes, Today is like my first day. And today is the day you get to open your gym. And she's sitting in the back of the car as I'm driving. And she goes, You know, you work really hard and I'm really proud of you. And my Aww. heart just, I was like, She is watching everything I'm doing. Yeah. Like she is watching everything and she see okay, I was like, All right. This is why I do this. Hell like yeah. she's seeing me, she's watching me and she's like my kid was well, how old is she? She was like five. Was she five? Yeah, she was five and she said, I'm like, I have a five year old that just told me she's proud of me. And you know, as a parent you do think those things. You're like, Man, am I doing the right thing? Am I showing her the right things? And you know? So Constantly. Yeah, I think that day I was like, man, like I cannot stop what I'm doing because she's watching this and I don't ever want my child to see me quit when things get hard. Right. And I I am a go getter. I will I will give that to myself. Like when I put my head to something, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. I was like, how many females do you know that open a gym? I know. I know one. And she's on the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, it's very far few between. And, like, wh- what I was, what I would get when I, you know, announced that I was opening that my second gym, which is the one that I opened, like, by myself, you yeah. know, not, was like, are you only going to teach women? Hmm. And that offended me. Who asked you that? In a way, um, I actually got asked by a few black belts that I that you know. trained with. For a very long time. Yeah. And I was like, why would I limit myself to teaching just females when I am capable of teaching everybody? Yeah. I was like, the same way you teach an armbar, I teach an armbar. Yeah. And I can actually even teach it a little better because I need to refine my skills because you motherfuckers are bigger than me. You need to be more technical. Absolutely. I need to be more technical. Absolutely. So, if anything, I might actually teach it better than you. So, there's that. And that offended me. I was like, yeah, I fuck was, those guys, I dude. So <laughs> aggravated at that question, but I had to like remind myself that this is a male-dominated sport and I'm a female breaking a barrier. Yep. And things that are new will be questioned. Things that aren't the norm will be questioned and it takes one person to be like, well, fuck the norm. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. And we'll make whatever it Whatever happens, happens. And the other thing is, which I thought was extremely interesting, is I had more male students than females. Huh. I had an army That's awesome. of males. And I had my brother training under me and I had like, yeah, it was just, it was really fucking cool. But I think it all started, like, I started in my hometown where I grew up and where I went to high school. So everybody knew that I trained and everybody knew that I had been doing it for so long. So when I opened, everybody was like, oh, I want to come train with you. You know, so it wasn't even like a question of how good are you or whatever. Like, everybody saw me grow up in this. Yeah. You know? So you've already been validated. Cause they yeah, saw through that. Yeah. I did. Um, 
the only time that I ever was ever questioned is there's one guy when I opened my gym, um, he set up a trial appointment or whatever. And I'm like sitting in my office with him and he's like, so who teaches the classes? And I was like, I do. And he's like, you do. And I was like, yeah, he's like, who did you get your black belt under? And this guy had never done jiu-jitsu before. Okay. I love like, trial oh, guys. Okay. I love trial guys. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, who'd you get your black belt under? And I was like, Oh, like I got it under so-and-so whatever. And he's like, and what qualifies you to teach classes? And I had all of my medals up Dick. on like a wall when you come in. Yeah. And I had my black belt diploma sitting behind me in the office. And I was like, do you see that wall over there? I was like, you see all those medals? I was like, yeah, I won those. Yeah. And he looks at the wall. It is a big, okay, it's a big wall full of lots of medals. <laughs> and he looks at this wall and he's like, you won those? And I was like, yeah, those are all mine. And he was like, and he just kept asking like all of these questions. And he was like, well, you're a female. So like, I was like, you know what? You are more than welcome to go try a class at any other gym if this is not what fits you. And I was like, you should have rolled at that point, them. I don't even want you here. You should have rolled to them. Not- you should have rolled to them yeah. and beat them up, dude. <laughs> That's what you should have done. Yeah, but he didn't even get to that. No. I loved, I love trial guys, dude. But that was literally, I only ran into, I thought, I genuinely thought I was going to run into that more. Like a lot more than I did. So it was actually refreshing that it was only one time. It was only one time. And I was like mind blown. I was like, wow, that's it? See, I I believe that most people are good people. Like as much as this fucking bullshit on the media and the whole thing and we want to like make everybody out to be monsters... I feel like the majority of people are good people and don't give a fuck about like, okay, you got skill. You want all the medals. You're a black belt. Teach me, please teach yeah, me. I would agree. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. There's, there's scumbags everywhere. Like oh, this yeah. fucking, like that jackass. But for the most part, it's just weird. I like I wouldn't even have thought of that. Like I, it wouldn't even have been a question of like, because you're a female, like why, I didn't even register in my head that there would have been issues with like males going there. I didn't even think about the fact that yeah, yeah, I didn't even, didn't even cross my, my mind. No, I think in general though, it sucks because it makes you build this tough exterior because you have to kind of have like a fuck you attitude. Yeah. Uh, be able to listen to these things over and over and over and over and over and over again and it gets to a point where you're like you know what fuck it whatever like you're gonna think what you're gonna think and then i'm gonna roll with you and then you're gonna cry about it and life's gonna move on and, and they're gonna talk you through a submission like, <laughs> it just got to a point like before i used to care because i knew what i was capable of but like because you don't train you don't know what i'm capable of yeah and i got to a point where i was like you know what like, come at me. Let's go. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Fuck it. Come, come at me. So what, Let's go. What, what prompted the move to Florida? Um, I always wanted to move to Florida. My parents, my entire life, every winter, they were like, oh, we're moving to Florida. And then we didn't. So, like, I've always had it in my head that I wanted to move here. But when I got, like, divorced and I sold everything I had, like, I was just, like, you know, COVID hit, which is when I got divorced, actually. COVID hit, 
And then um, everything closed. And I was like, man, you know what? I think everybody did that. Like what makes me happy? Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Because yeah. you have that time to sit and think about it. I'd say too much and time. I was like, to sit I, a little too much time. I would say too much time. <laughs> yeah. So you had time to do those things. And I think that's when I realized, like, I was in this marriage for eight years that I wasn't happy in. I was, I hated the cold. I was born in December and I hate being cold. Yeah, you cold know, sucks. Just, yeah. Uh, I hate waking up and thinking about how many layers of clothes I have to put on. The fact that I have to turn my car on because it's going to be cold. The fact that I have to sit in a cold car. Shovel, just yeah, clean ice off. Shovel, shovel, oh my yeah. god, shoveling. Yeah, <laughs> like I wake up here and I'm so happy. It's sunny, it's nice. If I, you know, if I want to, if it's a nice day and it's a weekend and I'm not like you know working, I can like literally just hit over to the head over to the beach yeah. and have my great day. Yeah, you know, it's just always nice here. But I do, now that I've been here for a while, there's no, like, really changes in the season, I guess. So, like, there's no, fall is my favorite. And, like, I miss the change of colors and little the crisp leaves. air. Mm. And the apple cider and the apple picking and the, yeah. you know what I mean? The, yeah. the seasonal things and, and, like, having a white Christmas. And it's, like, weird, right? Christmas in my, my entire life was, like, snow on the ground and then i'm here i'm like wait it's hot and it's christmas like yeah. <laughs> this doesn't feel like christmas <laughs> it doesn't weird. feel like christmas and then you see like back home like you know that the the yards are decorated with like the christmas stuff but there's snow on the ground so like it yeah. makes sense to have a penguin that looks like there's snow on it lit up in your front yard but then you get here and there's a fucking palm tree with a penguin <laughs> that got lost. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense <laughs> that doesn't make any sense yeah and then um so you know after i got divorced that whole thing i was like you know i want to go somewhere and reset yeah and that uh was scary because i don't have any family here or anything like that yeah and you know i wanted i didn't i was the only female black belt there i was like wow. a little unicorn in massachusetts um for a very long time yeah so i knew that down here uh there's a lot of athletes and there's a lot of female athletes and i was like initially i came down here to continue jujitsu and um you know, I, I needed people to compete with and I was always traveling to do those things. And I was like, well, if I move to Florida, like it's the nice weather is there and the females are there. So like, I won't have to be traveling all the time. There will be people in my division. And people travel and, to Florida. Yeah. And also it was when COVID hit, it was either Texas or Florida that was having the tournaments. No other place was having tournaments. California the only shut two down places everything. that were free. Yeah. <laughs> the only two yeah, places that, were, that were free from dictatorship. They were like, cool, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, especially in Florida. Like, oof. Yeah, yeah. He no, was like, I, COVID? DeSantis? Ain't no fucking yeah. COVID DeSantis? down here. Is that his name? DeSantis? DeSantis? Yeah. yeah, Ron's a fucking dude, man, I dude. came down here when I was like still teetering on moving here, and I came to visit my friend. And like the minute you step in the airport, mask off. Mask Ooh. off. Nobody had yeah. a mask on. Yeah. Nobody. And I was like, wow, this, this is, is amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, because I did cross I did CrossFit for a very long time. And when I was back home, my my 
the day that I drew the line of being so frustrated with Massachusetts was I was working out and the inspectors came in to see if everybody had their mask on. And of course, Juliana didn't have her mask on. I was the only one that didn't have my mask on because I didn't give a fuck at that point. I was like, I am working out. I'm doing something healthy. I'm not having my mask on. Yeah. And lo and behold, that day somebody came in and I was like, fuck, you know, I felt really bad, but um, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I cannot be wearing a mask to work out. This is insane. So, that's the day that I decided that I was going to move. And then I came down here. Nobody had a mask on. I was working out and I was doing the regular things that I was doing and I was training and I was happy. Like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I was so yeah. happy. I, I, I used to work in the financial district in downtown Boston and there would be people running around Boston common with a mask on. Mm. And I was like, you're outside. You're outside. What the outside. fuck are you doing? You're outside, bro. My favorite are the people in cars. By yeah, themselves. That, that's still a thing. I know. That's still a thing today. It sure is. I saw it like two days ago. I was like, what the fuck are you in, in the, the car? car? You're in, in the, the car. car by yourself. Why the fuck do you have a mask on? Gloves. Yeah, what are you doing? It's pretty dope. Maybe Why? it's an Uber. I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe. Uh, I I see it too often. For, there's I understand no way. why an Uber would wear a mask. Sure. How many drugs are going in your car and sure. staying in the car? Oh God! I guess yeah. I don't. Like I don't know. I, I still, I'm not gonna wear a mask, but I respect people that do. That's fine. Do you but think? Like that's yeah. thing. Do you think? But but weird, I though. still find it wild. Like if you're like immunocompromised and all that. Get shit, it? One hundred percent. Sure. Do your thing. Absolutely. But, like, even whatever makes you happy. Fire, you know. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your brain's been infiltrated. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. so what, what made, what made you want to get into MMA? Um, I was getting, I was down here already and I was getting ready for a tournament and a jujitsu tournament, a jujitsu tournament. Yep. Yes. I was training heavy, like every, I was training every day, almost three times a day, jujitsu and, and working out on top of that every single day, every single day. Very aggressive. And when I came down here. Yeah. Because. I was like, you know, you hit the age and you're like, this is it. Make it or break it. Like, I'm not getting any younger. And How old are you? 28. Oh, fuck. Fuck yeah. off. Okay, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but in athlete years, in yeah. athlete years. You're 40. <laughs> yeah, 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 like I've been doing this since I was 15. So, you know, my body doesn't, it's not like a regular 28-year-old. Like yeah. I have injuries. I have all of these things and I... You know, I use, I, I put wear and tear on my body more than your average human being. Yeah. So when you hit 28 and you've been doing it for so long, it, it, you <laughs> don't different. recover like you used mm. to, you don't bounce back the Correct. way you used to. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to, you know, jujitsu was it for me, you know, like I, I had the goal of winning worlds and I know I had the potential to do, and I was in the best gym in the world. You know, I was at fight sports, yeah. like fucking the level of training in that place is stupid. Like it's insanely good. Like just like the level of athletes, the amount of black belts alone yeah. on a regular day is nothing you will ever see in your life. Like I've never ever walked into a gym 
and seen that many black belts on a regular basis at any gym in my life. How many would be on the mat? Oh my God, like 40. Oh, fuck. 40. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. And like the black belt, it would be like black belt, black belt, black belt, like all the way down. And then like you have like the few in like the little corner that were like the brave souls that were like purple, brown, and like a few blue belts, like maybe one or two. That were I thought we we will have like twelve on the mat on any given day, and I thought that was a lot. In Massachusetts, it is Rhode Island. My gym's in Providence. Oh yeah, yeah, in that yeah, region that, that, down yeah, yeah. here. Though, down here, there you know California is like the mecca of jujitsu. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think now for that's now. different. For for now, uh, no, I think it's changing because of COVID. There's a lot in Texas, and now there's so many people here. So many people, like even people that I I knew from competing and, and um you know traveling around like the black belt that I know like all of them when when we spoke to each other they were like oh, I'm thinking of moving to Florida yeah. or I'm thinking of moving to Texas. Those are the two places people are moving for jiu-jitsu now. Well, you it's got not- B Team and New Wave in Austin. I I feel like I feel like Austin's gonna transition to the mecca. Yeah, but it's because of the laws that California has in place right now, and yeah. the prices are like crazy. And taxes, you know, the living costs yeah. are insane. What you, I mean, you we see it all the time on these reels on Facebook and Instagram and like all of these things. Do you see the size of the house that you can buy in Texas? Two hundred. A McMansion for like two seventy. A yes. mansion. A, a mansion. mansion. Yes. Yeah. A sick it's fucking insane. mansion. <laughs> like a sick mansion yeah. for two seven. With a backyard and a pool yeah. and a whirlpool in your in your bathroom and yeah. like all these crazy beautiful things and oh, they're yeah. so cheap. Wow. Cheap as like, fuck. I know. I actually have a buddy moving for that. Really? Yeah. Well, he's not. He's yeah, moving to Rochester, but Smart. like, it's, it's ridiculous for the price of his house. He's going to have a literal mansion, bro. If I took the money from this house and moved to Texas, I, 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 I you'd be living large. I'd be fucking. We looked into it, killing it, dude. It'd be amazing. <laughs> we looked into moving to the Carolinas. I have like eighty acres, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, you would never see me again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'd be fucking awesome. But of course, we don't, because mm. we're gluttons for punishment. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's like my favorite. Uh, so, how many how many MMA fights have you had so far? I've seen one. I've had only one. One. And that was, uh, I started stand-up in February, and I fought in June. That's a quick turnaround. was a experience. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what I know now, but I did learn that I have a lot of heart, and somebody's going to punch me, and I'm going to keep coming at them. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't have that. Like I, like that fight. Yeah, I shouldn't have fought who I fought. Like I just, I don't know. Like I'm not at the gym that I was when I fought that one. Um, they gave me a three and one girl for my debut, which is like crazy. Yeah, and I fought all three rounds, and. Even the, the guy that promotes the tournament, he was like, "Yo, you." He 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 messaged me that he was like, "Hey, what's up, Thug?" 
And I was like, <laughs> he's so like, awesome. yeah, he's like, I've never seen anything like that. Like, he, like I've seen dudes do what you do quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like, you have a lot of heart. So he's like, you know, we want to keep you on here as long as possible. Can't teach heart. You can't teach. You cannot teach that shit. Yeah. And you don't know that until you get punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. You can do jujitsu. You can do whatever. But the minute you get punched in the face is when you know how much heart you actually have. Yeah. Never been punched in the face. I've, I've been punched in the I face. Yes. So I have so much more respect for every single human that has ever gotten in a cage. Yeah. I would rather not get punched in the face, but I, I don't, I'm not afraid of getting hurt. Like I grew up doing action sports. So BMX, skateboarding, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I I'm not afraid of getting hurt. I just want to be the cause. I, <laughs> I want to be in control. Yeah. So it's like, I'll break my own arm. Thank you very much. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, you think this is a good idea to jump down these 10 stairs? Yeah. I'd rather, Snap. I'd rather fight a human. Mm. I'd rather fight myself. I'd rather fight a human than <laughs> fucking try and take a bike down a mountain. No. no but I think you. these are skills that you need to know. Yeah, in I general. agree with that. Yeah. You don't have to go to sparring, but you do need to know how to punch somebody effectively in the face. Because how many people, realistically speaking, let's like be real honest here, are walking around completely untrained? Most the yeah a most lot. it's this it's a, I'm gonna see red yeah and it's like oh we talked that, about that yeah it's not gonna get you anywhere dude right not against somebody who's trained no against somebody that is the same as you maybe but yeah no yeah like I could take on your average male yep right yeah your average ma- and and the best part is that they'll look at you and be like yeah whatever <laughs> you know I'm like yeah. Say whatever you want, but when it comes down to it, like I'll piece you up. At the end, yeah. <laughs> so I you're... think it's just funny that I can't do that, you know. Well, that's, that's awesome. That it's also like uh, that's that's just the ego part of a dude. You know what I mean? Is like because yeah. even if it even if it's a guy that's smaller than them, they're still like, please. You know what that's called? That is called fragile masculinity. There you go. <laughs> that is what I like to call it. I like it. In other you words, bitch. you're a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You're, bitch. <laughs> yeah. you're a little bitch. Fragile masculinity at its finest. I like that. I yeah. would start saying I, that in the gym. Should. Fragile I'm masculinity. Gonna. Yeah. I love using that term. Like when people like say, I'm like, there's just a fragile little bitch. Because. There are some girls that, man, they're tougher than these dudes. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know? Yes, Like, for are. example, that guy who got punched in the face and didn't want to get punched in the face anymore. He was a little bitch. Am I tougher than that guy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So your next fight is against Parocha on December yeah. 3rd. That's going to be on Rise. Correct. How has preparation for this fight differed from your first fight? I have not trained to fight her. My preparation for this fight was me using what I learned from my last fight to be better. And 
that kind of exposed where my holes were in my game. I had no business really, I guess, fighting the fight, the last one, because I was definitely not like, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was doing until I got there. But like I said, like that fight happened for me to know that I have heart. So prep for this fight was me really like learning how to use my hands properly. And I don't realize, I don't think people realize how much work it actually takes to close the gap between stand up and ground. The timing for that is like meticulous Yep. for you to, you know, punch and put yourself in a good position to take down without getting need, without getting kicked, without getting like those things. Like it is, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. So I have an amazing MMA coach. I have an amazing boxing coach um, where I am. So I was at another gym for my last fight but I was teaching at this gym that I'm at now. Um, and I had been there for a while. And during my camp and after my camp, the people at the gym that I'm at now, those were the people that called me and checked up on me and asked me what I needed. That goes a long way. Yeah. And that to me was so huge because the people that are with you when you're winning aren't the same people that are going to be with you when you're losing. That's so true. That's a fact. So true. Yeah. Everybody loves a winner. Yep. But who's going to be there to pick you up when you're losing? Dust you off and be like, all right, let's watch the tape and figure out where we fucked up. Yes. And these people were those people. Yeah, like they that. were with me when I was cutting weight for my weigh in. They were with me during they showed up for me. And they, I wasn't even training for my fight there. And they knew that I was fighting under the other gym. And they were still there. And, like, that was so huge for me. You know, the level of support. And I was like, man, the coaching here is insane. Like, this is where I need to be. Oh, yeah. Makes a difference. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I love my people over at Hard Knock, A&M Jiu-Jitsu, Drew and Devin, man. Shout out to those two because they really – you know, jiu-jitsu and, and, you know, where you train, it becomes your family because yep. you're there more than you're in your own house. Yep. You know, I'm there all day long. And they provided not only an environment for me to thrive, like literally the definition of thrive is what I'm doing in that place right now. And they also gave me a place to work. They're the only gym that has ever, like, hired me to not teach a kid's class. Like, I feel like, like gyms will look at a female, be like, oh, do you want to teach a kid's class? Because of the whole motherly thing that I was talking about. Yeah. I've never, ever been hired to teach a regular co-ed class off the bat. And I was like, I threw in the towel. This is it. This is where I'm going to stay. Yeah, I live here now. Like, <laughs> I live here people. now. I live and here I now. You. I live there now. Yeah. And, and I love it. Like, it's amazing. This is my job now. Yeah, yeah. It was so cool to not be like put in a different category because you're I'm a part female. of the team and that's it. You're a team member yeah. and that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a boy, girl, whatever. 
Right, you're just yeah. part of and you're just a fabric. So think about it this way, right? If you walk, if you're a dude and you walk into an all female gym, say the scenario was flipped and it was a female dominated sport, and you walk into this gym and you don't see one dude that's in a um what do you want to call it, in a leadership role. Yeah. How likely are you to stay? Let's be honest. Uh not very. Number one, I Not don't want to look like a creep. Yeah, I was just <laughs> saying that's actually the biggest. That was, that's the biggest reason. <laughs> you walk in, you're like, okay, "Fuck say, yeah!" Say the, say the creep thing was not there, and you didn't see anybody that looked like you in a leadership role. Yeah, it'd be tough to. You stay. probably would fit. It'd be tough. So, so how do you expect? I a probably would. So I would say for me. I was raised around all women. I was raised by a single mom. The majority of my cousins that I grew up with are women. I have eight aunts. So I'm actually pretty comfortable around women and relate to women relatively well. So, But I could see how somebody with fragile masculinity, see the little callback? Hey. Those motherfuckers <laughs> would turn around and run, for sure. But I, I don't, I, me personally, I, I think I'd be cool with it. I think I'd be fine with it. I agree. But again, I, I think that, Maybe most people probably would be like yeah, most dudes this. would be like let's bounce. Eh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it also depends so, what it is too. How do you expect a female to walk into a gym and not see anybody that looks like them in a leadership role today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally different power and dynamic. That, yeah, and I get a lot of um, you know gym owners that will message me and they'll be like, "How do I grow my female population?" And that is literally always my first question: Do you have a female? Yeah. That teaches a regular co-ed class, not a children's kids class. Yeah. Because that's a normal thing if there is a female there because of what role women play in society. That's just what people assume. Like, oh, she's a female. She'll be great with kids. So I'm going to have her teach a kids class. But you need a female teaching a regular co-ed class in your gym and your female populations will thrive, thrive because they see that. They're like, well, if she did it, shit, I can do it too. Well, and, and you got to think that whoever that female leader is, her friends are probably more comfortable coming in and trying it if she's the one that's teaching the class. Correct. Right. And you have to have a female class. But people don't have female classes because money is not there. And it's a, unfortunately, like when it comes down to it, like if, as a gym owner, you do have to think about money moves. It's a business. You know? Yeah. Are you going to make it's money? Yeah. So female classes are not to have a big female. Like you can't think of the female class as being big and growing that female class is solely for a female to come in feel comfortable see that there's nothing to it and that it's not a disrespectful thing to roll with a guy and then going to a regular co-ed class it's it's literally like the gateway drug for a female is a female (laughs) that's what i was just about to say it's a gateway drug yeah yeah it is it's a gateway drug and um if you don't have that female for them you're never going to have females at your gym but you need those two things you need a female class and you need a female in leadership position teaching a regular co-ed class if you want that if that and guys will come to this class guys will come oh yeah of course they will sure they will of course they will 
Absolutely. Well, I am super grateful that you got to spend some time with us this morning and we got to know you a little bit better. Me too. This was so fun. Good, good, good. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm excited to watch you beat the fucking brakes off of this girl. Fuck you. Um, I will be tuning in. I have I have drill, but I'm gonna get all my all my buddies, and we're gonna we're definitely gonna watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're all my <laughs> all my army buddies are gonna be watching. So you gotta you gotta tune them up. Um, where it where can people watch the fight? First of all. Tell us where we can uh, watch the fight. Be, uh, the easiest way is to download the Rise app. Um, they have an app, and you can just sign up on there. I don't remember exactly how much it is, but it's not a lot. No, I think it was watch. like I I did it. I think it was like forty bucks for the year or something like that. Yeah, it's like five bucks a month or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like four four ninety nine. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing great. No. So. You don't have to do it for the year. You can literally just do it for that month and just cancel it. That's you know right. I mean? You're it's four ninety nine a month. You're right. So you, you can pay right. four ninety nine to watch me kick some ass. Hell yeah. That Hell was my yeah. plan. Yeah, dude. hundred <laughs> percent. And then um if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? At Juliana underscore jitsu. Juliana's with one N. And yeah, you can follow me on there. I have TikTok, but I'm not really active on it because yeah. it's a lot up with yeah um, we're not we're not great with instagram it is it for me yeah i love instagram yeah me too me, me too, too. so definitely go follow juliana the content there is a lot of fun and uh i find it entertaining uh justin if they want to get in touch with you sure. how do they do it yeah so i'm on instagram uh it's justin underscore dl project yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the podcast, we are at The Do Life Project on Instagram and TikTok. And very similar to Juliana, we're not great on TikTok. But oh. we'll get there one day. One day. If you want to follow me, I am at Joshua underscore does underscore life on Instagram and at Joshua does underscore life on the Twit machine. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all of the reviews that we've gotten on Spotify. I think we're over 95 star reviews now. It's mind numbing. Ah. Mind numbing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, so cool. If you're a new listener, please feel free to leave us a review. If you think we're trash, give it one star. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Yeah, if you didn't like it, just don't listen to us anymore. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. All right. Thank you so much. And until next time. Yeah. Hey, have a great life. Bye. Look at the stars. Look at the stars.